On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got to chat with Adam Brightigan from Roan. Oh my gosh, what a conversation. Uh, I didn't realize that we would go... Um, you know, knee deep into uh, attribution from uh, different, uh, you know, talking about different models of attribution, talking about, um, you know, how uh, Facebook and Google and Snapchat um, all overinflate um, their attribution, um, which some of you may or may not actually realize. And we talked about how you can build out your own attribution model for your e-commerce brand and why it is so ridiculously important and could save you literally hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, you guys are going to want to get out a pen and paper. Um, maybe don't listen to this one at one and a half speed. Um, it is, uh, yeah, it, it was just a great conversation. Uh, I'm going to go back and listen to this one again, um, because I feel like I learned a lot, um, from, uh, Adam and, uh, yeah, he was just a wealth of knowledge. You guys are going to really love this one. Um, but be warned, uh, we really get into a lot of technical stuff. We try to, uh, dive deep into um, some of the terms, uh, but uh, for those of you who are scaling um, seven figures and beyond, this episode is for you. And for those of you who are just getting into ecom, uh, I think you you're going to want to um, put some of these building blocks in place in your company um, as you grow. Before we begin, I wanted to let you know something super exciting. We have rebranded our podcast to be the Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand Podcast. We're so excited about this because we want to bring you the most amazing content when it comes to your e-commerce business. We want to help you scale. All of that being said, we have an amazing resource that we want to share with you. It's calculators, marketing calculators to figure out how much you can afford to spend on your marketing. We've got three different calculators on the website. So go to mindfulmarketing.co slash marketing-calculator. Now, on to today's episode. All right. I am here with Adam Breidigan from Rome. Uh, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Thanks, Jordan. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like we've got some like, awesome stuff to talk about today. I'm really excited to hear your story. Um, yeah, this is just, I think this is gonna be a great conversation. So, but before we really get into this, tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm the chief marketing officer at Roan. Uh, I've actually been with the company since the beginning. So I've, it's been a, an amazing journey, but, um, for, for your audience, I think it's important because I've been from when we had $0 and we had yeah. zero revenue and, you know, what that looked like and, and how we built our content strategy. And then when we actually turn, took on venture capital and then different stages and future fundraising. So I've been able to see the evolution of the brand when, when I was wearing multiple hats and then how we went into hiring and then how we structured our team. And, and now we've been able to scale and, into a multi-million dollar brand. So it's, it's been a phenomenal ride. And just a little bit about me personally, I have an amazing wife and three kids and they, they keep me young and active. But about three years ago is when I truly kind of changed my lifestyle into this sense of, I, I mean, I was eating Sour Patch Kids all the time, right? <laughs> like, you know, I, I played sports when I was in high school and then after high school kind of just, you know, just didn't really care. Um, I thought I had a really great metabolism, but as I got older with kids, it kind of changed. Um, but three years ago, I really was like, I'm, I need to invest in my health. And so I, I went to clean eating, 
um, working out five to six times a week and really just dedicating myself to that so that I'm here for my kids and family. So uh, definitely a whole nother topic for us to, to discuss, but that's a little bit about me. Well, that's interesting. Like, I, I feel like I actually kind of want to get into that uh, yeah. may, maybe a little bit after we sort of hear Roan's story. I'd yeah. love to hear that because, uh, the, you know, the people who listen to this podcast, and there's, there's lots of them, um, they are um, founders, uh, generally, founders, CEOs, CMOs, VPs of marketing of e-commerce brands. And for, for so many of us, and, and, and I'm one of them, um, you know, we've spent so much time just trying to build a business and probably at the exact same time building a family, right? And so you have like all of these like major stressors that you probably will never have again. And I feel like health is one of those things that people really don't um, take as seriously uh, when that's, it's, it's so important. I, I'm just going to go into like a tiny rant right now, <laughs> like a good, <laughs> like a good it. rant. Um, there's yeah. this great book, uh, The One Thing, and I, I'm forgetting who the author of, uh, of it is. Um, but he talks about these like five balls that you're juggling, like all at the same time. Um, and so it's health, it's uh, family, it's your relationships, it's work, uh, and it's integrity. And he said, you're always balancing these, you're always juggling these five balls all at the same time. Um, but the only one that's not glass is work. And I was like, oh, that's so good. That's so good because we all think <laughs> that work is the glass ball, right? right. And like our yeah. businesses are the glass ball. And it's not true. It's just not true. Like, you know, your company goes bankrupt, you could start again, right? But if your family right. leaves you <laughs> or you have a heart attack, that's kind of, yeah. that's kind of it. <laughs> Well, and, and really, Jordan, that was the, the turning point for me on, on my personal health, because I, I just realized the, the lack of sleep, the, the time and mm. attention. You know, again, when, when you're all in on something, you're all in as far as sacrificing. I mean, any sort of there really is no vacation because your vacation is like, oh, like I got to do all of these things. And then you're bringing your laptop with you and, and you're, you're on your phone. And so all of those stresses and that that for me really was the turning point, which was, wait, like if, if I'm not investing in what I'm eating and, and sleeping and and that, you know, that that mental space, you're right, like you can quickly realize that you're, you're trying to make all of these sacrifices for your family but then you need the, to be there for your family, right? You yeah. need to invest in those relationships. And so, you know, it, it really changed my life three years ago. Um, and, and as just far as meditation and yoga and all of these things have, have really aided in that. But I will say it's, it's tremendous to be able to have a family. And I think it's really underrated. It's something that a lot of founders and, and executives don't really talk about so much is like just how important that family unit is to you and, and your success because you need you need that support system and I, I hope that it gets talked about a lot more yeah yeah totally actually I, I just wrote a, a really lengthy post on LinkedIn yesterday all about um, how important uh, that that is in in our life and like in my life like it just really like the the business stuff could come and go for me like mm -hmm. it's it's really cool. Like I love building big brands and, and helping big brands, but like it, it really doesn't matter comparatively. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and so I'll, I'll share something personal with you and, and I guess the audience now, but uh, two years ago, I found out that I actually had sleep apnea. Mm. Right. And I'm like, 
I'm, I'm working out, I'm fit, I'm eating right. And I'm like, and I'm still not like feeling right as far as energy levels. And then that's when I actually got a sleep test and it was like, wow. wow. Like, and, the, and the doctor's like, Adam, I'm telling you, like, based on all, all, you know, this interview that we're having, like, there's probably a 1% chance that you actually have sleep apnea. It's probably something else. Yeah. And then sure enough, I go get tested and he's like, well, <laughs> I was wrong. You're, you're that 1%. So wow. it was kind of a this unique thing, right? Like early 30s, you know, and you're feeling good about and you're like, wow, like I thought sleep apnea was, you know, for for different stages of your life. And no, totally. but for me, different body like, types it, too. It took me it took me a while and now I like I love that thing, right? Like I have mm. to have my machine with me and and I track my sleep and you know, I can tell a, a massive difference when I'm not getting 8 hours of sleep. Wow. Well, I, I hope that people like you guys who are listening right now that you're sort of inspired to think of, of, you know, your business and your life and, and sleep like holistically, right? It, it all right. matters. Well, it absolutely does because all of those, all of those details in your life impact the decision, your, your, the ability and your process to, to make business decisions as far as you know, as a leader and making sure that you, you care about your team, you're investing in your team, you're building a culture where people are inspired, that they want to be their, the best version of themselves. Yeah. And you have to, like, you have to have those same principles and, the, and those guidelines in your life to be able to inspire others. And so I'm really, you know, Nate Chekets, who's our, who's our founder and our CEO is, is a great friend of mine. And I can tell you that we would not be in, in this position had he not in, you know, given us the freedom to build a culture, right? Mm -hmm. This, this family oriented culture where we truly invest in people and we absolutely care about them and building a brand takes time, right? It, it, it does to, to, to build something that is going to be around, you know, centuries and, and decades. You, you have to take your time. You have to be very methodical and you have to think about the long term. And, and I think that that's where, a lot of brands struggle when when they're raising money in such a fast pace which is hey we have to look and, and think about the next quarter we have to yeah. make these decisions right and that and it, you, you get into this hamster wheel and and that's where the stresses and the anxieties and everything comes with hey we got to do this and for this next quarter and you're not thinking about the long term and part of that spills into your own personal life where it's like everything is like what is the what am I doing in the next quarter? And then again, those relationships, the sleep, everything else kind of takes a side note. Yeah. And then you do that quarter after quarter after quarter, and then you're like, wow, like something is not right, you know? Yeah. 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 There's just like this like off balance or or whatever that whatever that is. Uh, Adam, let's let's go back to the beginning of Roan. How how did it okay. start? Because you you were there right from the beginning. What was the concept? Like, like how, how did this begin and how did you guys grow this? Like, I'd, le I'd love to just hear the story. Yeah, so, so Nate, um, I was living in Connecticut at the time and Nate Chekets was my neighbor and okay. he was a close friend of mine. Like our kids played together, they hung out and he actually came over one weekend and he said, you know, I was, I was on a train ride talking to um, some of my business associates. And at the time he was working for the NFL and he said, I, I think there's, there's room. And I've been looking at um, 
the marketplace as far as the, you know, the big box retailers, the Nikes, the Under Armors. And I think that there's this, this high end premium activewear segment for men, right? That, mm. you know, Lululemon is really dominating on the women's side, but there's really no one focused solely on men. Totally. And, right. Like in yeah, this L- Lululemon market. is like, is like men's second. I still love yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it's women's first, men's second. <laughs> yeah. And you know, they, they've built a, a phenomenal brand and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's truly the culture and everything that you hear about them and, and what they're doing in retail is, is top notch. So really hats off to them for what they've built. And Nate was really intrigued with the, the men's category and just how big of an opportunity this was. If, if, if people really focused and said, Hey, this is a, a men's first brand as far as design, yeah. how they sweat, how they think, how athletic they are. And, and these other big box retailers just aren't, they're, they're really just kind of going for the masses. They're really not focused on, on where this category is, is going. Yeah. So this is a massive category, right? Like, yes. And that's, and I think from his perspective, as he was doing the research, he was like, this is, this is massive. I mean, you're talking multi-billion and Nate comes over and he's like, it's like, Adam, here's, here's this idea about clothing. And I'm like, Nate, I don't know anything about clothing, right? Yeah. Like, I, you know, I played sports in, in, in high school, but like, yeah. you know, I, you wore I play, clothes. <laughs> yeah, I wear clothes, but I, I play pickup sports, but like, I'm, I'm probably not the best guy. And he's like, well, yeah, but you know, you know, digital marketing. I mean, you, you know, you're very analytical, you, you know, these things. And I said, okay, well, let me do some research. And so. The well, and what's right, Adam, was, sorry to step in for one yeah. second. Just give us context. What year is this? This is uh, 2013. 2013. Okay. Okay. I'm just thinking in, in the digital marketing sphere where exactly we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And, and so I, so I, this, there's a book that really changed my life, which is called scientific advertising. Okay. Cool. And we'll put that in the show. I mean, it's, it's really a very short, simple book. It was written, you know, like in the twenties and thirties, it's, it's, it's about just how scientific advertising was in, in that era and how they got it down to like the exact percent of, of a coupon reply. And, okay. and I, was, I was fascinated by this because it's like everything that you learn in digital is like supposed to be new and exciting, but like direct mail has been doing this for many, many decades, right? Oh, and, totally. And like, right? And so it, it always fascinates me when digital markers are like, oh yeah, direct mail doesn't work. And it's like, you guys have no idea what you're talking about. Right? Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, these days, like people listening, direct mail is, is from, from what I've heard from brands is absolutely killing it because nobody gets mail anymore. Right. And so again, you gotta, you, when, when others zig, you zag. And, and so for me, like, I was just digging in and learning as much as I could. And so our first project was just building content and speaking to trainers in this category. I had to learn what like a hit workout was, yeah. what like all of these terms that I, I just, again, like I was not familiar with them. And so that's, that's what we did, which was we interviewed these trainers. We, we, went and and then we wrote articles we had them write articles for us so the beginning of roan was us just building content so that we could understand who 
who would be our first adopters in this market, right? Which is, you know, guys who are in the, in the gym training heavily that care about fashion and care about technology in their clothing. These are going to be our first adopters. And, and we knew if we like, we get these first adopters, then others will follow. Yeah. And so again, we're, we're pre-revenue. We're just building content, but a lot of that content we built for SEO purposes. Right. Okay. And so, that's one of the main reasons that we do so well on SEOs because we, we played by the rules, we built the content and now seven years later, we're, we're reaping the dividends. But even to this day, our goal is pumping out a content on a, on a weekly basis, right? We have a content team that's constantly doing that because we know if we're going to win on the organic, we have to continue iterating and continue speaking. So that's, that I, again, who, whoever's out there listening and you're like, ah, I don't have any money. Like, I think that's a huge blessing because it forces you to build a content strategy to make sure that you understand who your, you know, your first core customers are going to be that cohort. Yeah. Right. And then building a conversion funnel and your sales channels to understand like, how is this going to be viable? How are we going to scale? So we, we first launched, on Shopify, we were one of the, you know, the early brands on Shopify. And yeah, I was going to say 2013 on Shopify. That's, yeah. uh, that's OG. Yeah. I mean, I should have bought stock in them. I'm, I'm an idiot, but. Oh, I, every day I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like the biggest proponent of Shopify. How did I not buy stock even a year ago? Why not buy stock a year ago? I know. I know. I, and I even had an opportunity like recently and I, I was like, oh, it's getting too expensive, but yeah, shame on me. But yeah, at, at those at, in those early days, like Shopify was a game changer for us because we were just like Nate and I were like editing the website. We were like doing these things, and we didn't have any like we had to eventually hire developers. But for the for first part, we were just learning. We were like, yeah. oh, this is how you add a product on Shopify, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, but it forced us to figure out this conversion funnel to start selling. And then we layered on the paid channels, right? And I think that that's, that's really important, Jordan, is that there's so many brands and so many founders who are just like, oh, I need to hire a growth marketer, someone who's just going to like take my business and double it. And they're just going to throw on, you know, all of their expertise in Facebook and, and all of these things where it's just, you, you have to understand your website and the conversion paths. And, that, and that's what you need to build before you start laying on paid channels, Right. And so many, so many marketers are like, Oh, well, I've, you know, I, I've done Facebook. It's not working. I'm going to do something else. Right. You should start layering on layering on and it gets really, really expensive, really fast. Whereas a, not a lot of the attention is, is focused on, Oh, what is this conversion funnel? What does it look like? How do I optimize it? What's a good conversion rate and how do I you know, iterate? How do I do AB testing? All of that stuff. Right. So, that, and and I, do people I, want your product? Yes, right? exactly. You right, like before you're gonna chuck a bunch of money at it. Great, a hundred percent. And that's that's where you know we started selling our core gym clothing, and we were like, okay, we have something here. And then we were very methodical about, okay, now we're at a place where we want to raise some capital because we think on the marketing side we want to be very aggressive and you know building out additional content building a community team and and expanding from there so for those brands who who are listening right now who are kind of in those first few years and have been bootstrapping up until now 
what what was that decision like to take on capital like to take on investors because i think that's i think that's pretty scary for some people right especially when this is their baby but they just don't have they can't get the money to really grow exponentially like like you're talking about what what was that process like like were you involved in that like acquiring investors and 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 that whole so i so nate was nate is a phenomenal um fundraiser i mean he just has he has this ability and um so i i learned everything from him i mean i was working on you know compiling the decks and and learning okay what is the ltv to the cac ratio just all all of the stuff that that goes into that so i was very involved on you know here's here's what our customer journey looks like here's where we think uh, our growth channels are going to come from and i was very guarded in the sense that like from an attribution modeling standpoint, I'm very, you know, conservative with our capital and making sure that we, we have a pathway to justify this expense and justify this investment. And, but, but in, in that regard, but as far as like doing and the outreach, that was, that was all Nate. So I can't really speak to that other than I think it's really important to speak to other brands and other referrals throughout your network, just to get a get an understanding of the investors, because you know there, there's a lot of pros and cons with each, and so you want to find an investor who shares your, you know, your values as far as do they have what is their vision for the brand, and what how hands on are they going to be from, hey, is this just capital or is this capital and expertise totally. and relation and, and relationships that can open doors for you? So I think as, again, if, if I, <laughs> I, I was not born into wealth or anything like that, everything I've, I've had to hustle for. So I think just being gritty and, you know, asking questions and, and speaking to people to, to help get your foot in the door is, is the way to do it. But just, just do a lot of research before you take a check from someone. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And know how much of the company they're, that they're going to be taking too. Right. And how yes. much you're comfortable giving up. Um, cause there's, you can get, there's tons of different ways you can get money, right? Like money, money, uh, you know, if you're creative, I mean, you can go to loan sharks, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I find is so fascinating is are the brands that have not raised money and just the amount of control that they they have when they when they have like product market fit yeah and yeah. able to sell their business and i think my advice is i mean don't take capital or until you absolutely need it or you feel like there's this expertise from like a board setting that you need but it is if you can scale your business right and and you, you can get to a certain place then go out and hire experts and consultants to to get you where you need to be it's it's not so much about just hey you know, we need $5 million to do X, Y, and Z. But I truly, I love those businesses that are out there that are profitable uh, and all they need is expertise. Like they just need, you know, experience in certain areas. And those are the ones, even for me, like now that I'm looking at investment opportunities, those are the ones that are exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's super cool. I, I really like that. Like thinking about you know, especially if you are a brand that's super profitable and you're doing well, like I, I didn't actually mention before my wife and I run a mid seven figures clothing company. Um, and, uh, and hopefully all the details about clothing, (laughs) what's that, you know, all the details about sizing and all the fun stuff that most people have no idea how different it is. Our skew mixes, 
just massive amount of inventory we have to keep at one time. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. But we've never taken on investment, and we're we're super profitable. It's great. I absolutely love our company. But that's exactly the, the phase that we're in right now is just finding these people that know more uh, than we do, right? Which is a lot of people out there, <laughs> right? Well, and it's and Jordan, it's it's. It's not so much of just knowing more. It's just knowing the right things at the right times. Like for example, like implementing an ERP system when you get to a certain scale, like that, that's a really important decision that you need to take on, but you need to understand like all of the technology and systems that come into place or in Can you explain the ERP for our um, listeners? Yeah. So it's an enterprise resource um, system or platform. Like there's, there's a few different ways of people look at them, but like NetSuite and, and others are basically, you know, keeping all of your systems in, in track and so that you can quickly report on all your financials as far as inventory yeah. and, and things like that. It just, it helps your business run smoothly from a technology perspective and, and gives you the ability to scale. But for, I would say the, in running, you know, invent, inventory is massive, right? As far as a skill set of someone who's day-to-day looking at those inventory is being able to forecast because, you know, inventory and, and a lot of these product companies is your lifeline, it's your blood. And so if, yeah. if you're stuck with so much inventory and in a product that's not moving and then you're, you're out of stock and a core heavy, you know, margin driver, then you're, you're in trouble. And so like, but you, you know, as you're, as you're getting started, like you don't know all of those things. So it it makes absolute sense when you get to that phase to get people and to hire them so that they can help you because that's, what's going to unlock the next, you know, area of growth. Totally. Things that I've seen uh, for, for brands that, you know, that have scaled and get it, they don't mind dropping like $20,000 for an expert to come in for a day because they know that that, that leverage that they're going to get from that expert are is absolutely like beyond anything. Um, whereas the smaller brands are very scared and they don't know what they, they just don't know what they don't know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I'm sure, you know, we'll be, you know, in five years at $50 million and be like, man, we knew nothing back then. <laughs> Yeah. And I can't believe I ran a podcast telling people about e-commerce. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it really, but I mean, I hope Jordan that there's people listening here that like we can truly help. Right. And yeah. the thing that frustrates me is, you know, on LinkedIn and some of these other platforms, you, there's, there's just so much like hype and um, there, there's not a lot of like, peeling back the curtains, showing the the founders and entrepreneurs what really goes into a lot of this. It's, you know, there's, there's so many agencies out there that are pitching just like these crazy results, these crazy ROAS. Yeah. And, and then when you actually get into the grind of, of running your business, you realize just how important an attribution model is. Yeah. And it's like, you, you really want to help these founders make uh, better decisions and not fall for a lot of these traps because Unfortunately, you know, a lot of marketing is kind of like the wild west because there's, you know, everything on the attribution side. I mean, you look at the way that the, like the credit that Facebook will take, the credit that Google will take, the credit that Snapchat will take all of, all of these things. And, and, and their plat, when you're looking within their platform, they're telling you all these amazing results. But if, if you truly don't know the impact that they're having, 
you're going to be making decisions where you're just going to be believing what this agency uh, is, is spitting out to you. And so like, if, if I can help one person out there avoid a pitfall of spending, you know, millions of dollars because they didn't realize like, yes, you, you have to have an attribution model and you have to, you know, discount a lot of what these platforms are reporting, then I will feel like a much better human being. <laughs> let's, let's talk attribution for a second because yeah. I, I'm very, very cognizant. So, so uh, on the other side too, I also run an agency <laughs> on, the, on the other side and I know attribution fairly well. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe not as well as you do, but like I, I discount so often, like there was a, uh, during a recent launch for our clothing company, we had like a two week row as of like a hundred on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's just not true. I, I right. know it's, I know it's because of view through conversions that they're counting, uh, on that, on that launch day that we had. And there's just, it didn't really drive our, our return on ad spend, but people don't know that people who aren't in the business do not get that. So can, can we walk through, cause attribution is not something we've really dug into. I, I wouldn't mind just spending two or three minutes on. Yeah. How, how do you guys, uh, do, like, what does your attribution model look like? And where's the best place that people who are listening to this can start? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, the, what you just illustrated, Jordan, is what, again, like so many brands and founders experience, which is, hey, Facebook is reporting that we've got like a 50 ROAX, like, let's, let's just throw a ton of money in there and, and take this down to a three or two, right? Like if, if we're building this machine and it's throwing off cash and let's just put more in. Right. And that, that's what I'm talking about. Like that's how scary it is where so many people can lose their shirt because they just don't understand that, that it's, that it's not real. So I, the, the easiest way for me to break this down for your listeners is to take all of your marketing channels right now, every single expense that you have, so what you're spending on Facebook, what you're spending on Google, what you're spending on any of these platforms on television, on direct mail, just take them, put them in a spreadsheet, add them all up, and then show what, what the revenue is. Compare that to what your, your entire revenue from your e-commerce platform, whether it's Shopify or Bitcoin, whatever, the, whatever it is. And just that's a simple exercise to do the math to see what all of these platforms are reporting as far as the revenue that they brought in. And then what is the revenue that actually came in through your direct website? And I think that that most likely will be a very eye-opening experience. You're gonna see some crazy high variances on what, if you added aggregate, what these platforms are all taking credit for. Exactly. Versus <laughs> what, what you, the money that you actually have, then you're gonna be like, oh my goodness, it's going to be kind of like your aha moment. Like, wow, this is not real, right? Like there's no way that this is real. Yeah. So for, for us in the beginning, it's important. And I will say this, every company needs to have their own attribution model. There is not one attribution model that fits that like everyone can prescribe to, but what everyone needs is a source of truth. And the source of truth is your own internal system that you are going to be measuring your channels with, right? And so assigning values to your source of truth, which is, okay, our hypothesis right now is that 30% of our conversions are happening because of our investment here, right? In Facebook. Yeah. And then whatever those numbers are, 
you need to be fine tuning and refining it. Like there's, there's a lot of platforms that are starting to, to help do this like Rockerbox, like system, like, so highly recommend looking into systems like Rockerbox. There's, there's a handful out there. Is but that like, really, like Hyros too? Yes. And so what it, what's important is to get all of your, all of your marketing channels flowing through this source of truth yeah. so that they're they're you know, you're, you're looking at everything cohesively that there's no outliers, but once you build it, then it's refining it and having data scientists and others looking at it and over time learning those behaviors and saying, is our system getting better? You know, or are we like we, and I think it's so important to just be to incrementally test with these with these systems to see okay our hypothesis is this and if we increase spend here are we seeing this correlation over time or do we need to have a longer time horizon you know is it first touch is it linear is it last touch there's certain channels that I would say highly warrant being a first touch right and yeah. view, view through is not bad there's just no. certain channels right that you that that's your best measurement tool that you have is you know we're going to assign a value here on the view through and that's okay yeah. but over time it needs to evolve before you start laying on different channels and i think it's much easier to have your source of truth to define it and again you're not going to be right from the beginning you're going to have to assign values and then change them but before you start laying on 10 different new channels programmatic television and things like that yeah if you don't have that source if you don't have that source of truth and you're not saying how are we going to define success when we go into this new channel, then what's going to happen is you're going to just spend money and be like, Oh, what was the return on ad spend? Okay. Well, I'm going to rely on this platform to tell me what that is. And that's usually a recipe for disaster. I totally like, I cannot agree enough with you. <laughs> do not let do not let the platforms tell you right their their goal and the and the platforms are wonderful right like we wouldn't our businesses would not exist without these social platforms absolutely not right absolutely. um I, and you know uh, we'd be back in tv days or, or whatever but do not let the platforms tell you i i just wanted to give a really good example of uh um of why i actually still believe in view through conversions and i i do this i use this example a lot um you know, if I'm scrolling, so like before COVID, <laughs> pre-COVID, um, you know, Disney was coming to town with something, right? On Instagram, I see, oh, cool, Disney's coming to town. Well, I don't, I don't go and look at um, the website right away. I just tell my wife and my mother-in-law, I'm like, hey, Disney's coming to town, we should get tickets, right? Later on, my mother-in-law goes, buys tickets. Well, that had like, literally, there's no correlation that we could ever see between that and the purchase. And so, so being able to have a system and, and like you said, like this, um, this truth system that is able to reconcile just all of your marketing and know that there is stuff that is slipping through the cracks like that. Yeah. And, um, and again, like you're, it's not going to be perfect, right? Like it's a, you are refining over time. Like there's going to be certain campaigns that you're like, we should absolutely do this from a brand perspective, right? Like a qualitative yes like the quality is there it's it's hitting our customer does it do we know exactly how we're going to quantify this no but we're going to learn and it's going to help us to be more efficient like you need to be able to take those bets and and roll the dice like as a brand however i will say you can't you don't have the luxury of doing that until 
you can quantify you, you know, your revenue stream yeah. and your sources, right? And so because you focus on those on the re- on the things that you can quantify, it gives you the luxury and the freedom to do the qualitative, to do the brand building, right? And again, okay. you you have to if you want to be a last like be in here for a decade, like you have to build a brand, you have to build a community. Like us going out and working with trainers, like how exactly do we quantify like it's yeah. very difficult to say, oh, we did this class and there was 20 people there. Like, yes, we can come up with some sort of math, but at the end of the day, it's like, we know we want to be in this community. Like, it's really important for us. And, and, and again, whatever the companies are that are listening to this, there's going to be some, you know, art and science and that's totally okay. As long as it doesn't become something where you're like, we have, we're, we're just spending and we just don't know where the money is going. And unfortunately, I have talked to so many brands that like, you know, even when it comes to cataloging and things like that, they're just like, oh, this is just what we do. Like, this is what we do as marketers. And I'm like, but how are you measuring this? Right? Like, how are you knowing? How do, how do you know if you're doing an effective job? Like, for us, I'll tell you, Jordan, like, one of our core competencies and something as like a part of our team is we, we have like this internal creative lab, but we are testing 30 things a day, right? Like either that's A-B testing on the website, A-B testing through our creative, um, A-B testing through messaging and subject lines. Like it's, it's just part of our DNA right now as a, as a marketing team, we have to be testing because yeah. if we're not testing, then we're not learning. And those learnings feed right back into everything that we do. Hmm. Wow. Uh, <laughs> this has been such a good talk. I just looked at the clock. I'm like, oh man, we're, uh, we're over time here. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. It's my podcast. I can be as long as I want. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank uh, you so cool. much well, I'm gonna ask you, yeah. and, and I think you've already answered the question, um, but I, I, I got to ask you anyway, what is your secret to scaling? Honestly, is testing. Like I, I would love to sit here and be like, oh, I'm like a master at, you know, X, Y, and Z. But no, like, honestly, like we have tested so much and we have learned so much that because we're testing and I would say the other thing, testing, meaning I have a Slack channel and I read every single customer review and that Slack channel. And, and that's been for since the inception of the company. Well, that's great. That, so you just have it, you just have it zapped into a Slack channel. Yep. yep. It, every single customer review, every single net promoter score comes through Slack and get, and all of my entire, like the entire product team is on there. I that want, is a great idea. That yeah. I feel like is like an incredible takeaway and such an easy thing to do from your review system. It's, it's inc- incredibly easy. Anyone listening here can, can have that set up with whatever review system you're using, just plug it into Slack. And I will say like speed and agility is, is, is our competitive advantage. I mean, we're, we are competing against a massively successful multi-billion dollar brand that has larger teams, larger marketing budgets. The only way that we are going to win is speed. And so to me, it's, if we have our ear uh, as close to the customer preference and their, and their sentiments, I want that going into our product development. And we want that resonating throughout the entire company. Like as marketers, marketing is a lot of psychology and it's human, it's understanding human behavior and human feelings. And so for us, 
understanding where exactly there there's a negative review or anything like that we want to be first to react to that and make sure that that is incorporated in our in our messaging going forward so i think that's a, a key thing for us is scaling is just be committed to testing and have your like have your team sales team marketing team really product team all of them connected to your customers and if you do that i don't think you can lose such good advice such good advice. This is uh, this has been amazing. Um, I just wanted to chime in because I feel like I'm I'm chiming in the entire time here. Because when I when you guys hear me chime in, it's because I'm like, oh man, I'm with like a kindred kindred spirit here, you know, like of 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 things that uh, that we think. As far as testing, I just want to give a really good example between assumptions and actually testing those assumptions. So we started working with the CRO agency, uh, a conversion rate uh, agency, a little while ago with our clothing company, and um, the first, I believe it's the first six tests. So they, they'll always put there when they first start with a client. Um, and this is like a, a big CRO agency, uh, very well known. They put their first six tests and they'll always do the ones that they know will win every single time. Right. Just so that they can, um, yeah, uh, just so that they can do it. Every single test has been like negative 30 on our website. Wow. So, so they have these assumptions that work with most brands. And for some reason, it's just not working with our audience. So do not assume, don't read a blog post and just implement something because it worked with another brand. Like people are different. People are not robots. Um, it's our well, customers. Jordan is, but the, the key win though, is that you did test it. Right? Yes, exactly. And honestly, I love when we test something and it doesn't work because that's that's where we learn right and you're right like you can read massive blog posts from cro agencies and, and cro experts and guess what it, it probably did work for for that particular client but for you it's good to test and say is this going to work if not like i love when my hypotheses are wrong but totally. i will tell you there are, there are times when little things that i would have been like oh there's no way this is going to work and it's massive and those, those are like those, ah, like those aha moments and it's great. But it's, again, like if you're committed to the testing, whether it's negative or positive, that's, that's a win and that's how you're going to succeed. So just, I would just continue doing what you're doing, Jordan, like just test as much as you possibly yeah. can. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's, uh, it's, it's funny cause I really do have that mentality where it's like, I actually just won again, you know, like. <laughs> I'm, yeah, that's fine. We know that that didn't work. Okay, perfect. I mean, it's the, the, um, you know, thousand tries that, uh, <laughs> who invented the yeah. light bulb again? <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely going to say the wrong name. So, uh, anyway, you, you guys know where we're at. Let's go to our lightning round here. Uh, what is your favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Favorite tool or app, man, there's a lot. Well, so and this is supposed to be the, the lightning round, but I just installed this app called, well, it's basically a plugin. It's called the Great Suspender. And what it does is it uh, shuts down your tabs that you're not using. And honestly, like for me, I have probably 60 tabs in, in every single browser. And so what it does is it just like, it forces you to, to shut down and be like, are you truly using this? Or can you go ahead and, close it. And then if you, and then it, like you, I have to click it to reenact it. So it's like, it's like a small hack. It's, it's nothing, you know, it's more on like a personal, like multitasking thing, but highly recommend the great suspender. 
Okay. I'm from, from this conversation so far for apps that I'm going to look into right after this is Rocket, Rockerbox, Rockerbox and Great Suspender. I mean, those that for me, I'm like, I've got my Zoom uh, right in front of me here. And then right behind, I've got about 60 tabs open. So yes, same, same here. <laughs> uh, uh, favorite podcast that you're listening to right now? Um, well, besides yours, right? Um, that's the best. That's the answer you have to give. I've, I've written that in the contract. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, man, that's a, that's a great one too. I would say my wife loves, honestly, a lot of the um, like the suspense ones, like the Takens, the all of, all of the crime series, like the Unsolved Mysteries is, is really, I know this has nothing to do about marketing, but my wife is like obsessed with these. And so like, she will be like, Adam, you have to listen to them. And I will tell you what I've started to do is even during workouts, listen to some of these podcasts, just, I, it's weird, but like, because of the suspense, it like keeps you going. You're like, Oh, I got to get a yeah. few reps in. Right. But, um, yeah, I would highly recommend any, any of those, like th there's a handful of them that, you know, you can find. Totally. You bit like business owners who are listening to this that are just hustling all the time. You got to listen to fun and stuff. <laughs> Like yes. you can't, you can't just be all about business. Your all your conversations can't be all about business. I mean, they can, but you won't have any friends. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, any, another, another one that I really like is, is business wars. I don't, that one, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that one's yeah. phenomenal. And, and some of the, you know, again, like I enjoy those because it's usually like all of the things that most people don't know about like Hershey going up against Mars and Ford going up against their competitor. Like it'll, it'll show you these like key historical com competitors and all of the backstories that most people have no idea of what happened. And like that stuff I eat up because I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm in that battle right now. I know these things and I know all the decisions and I'm like, I hope one day that there's a story about us. Like who is this little brand Roan that people were like, Oh, we have no idea who this is. And then they massively become this billion dollar brand. Like that, that's what keeps us excited, which is like, Oh man, hopefully we can have a series about us one day. Totally. Totally. Come and take over uh, Lulu's headquarters here in Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that's the brand you're talking about, right? <laughs> I, I refuse to name names, but yes, one can assume. <laughs> also Chip Wilson, if you're listening to this, I still want to have coffee. Okay. And I'll buy, I promise. <laughs> I would love to have that too. I love his book. He, his book was phenomenal. I mean, I, I digested his book, the little black stretchy pants. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just an amazing story. Um, I'm actually going to switch up my third question for the first time. Um, it used to be a founder that you look up to. That's not the question I want to ask anymore. The question is if you had one hour with anybody um, to sit down and have coffee with, who would it be? Oh man, that Jordan, you caught me off guard. That's, that's a very, very important question. Uh, well, we talked, we, I, I talked about it with some friends last night. I'm like, it's a, it's something I don't really think about because like generally people who I want to talk to, I, I get to talk to through the podcast. Yeah. Well, and, I don't have that luxury, Jordan, but, um, yeah, start a podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think I'd be that interesting. Um, Dude, who that man, I, I would probably like someone, maybe 
probably Oprah. Oprah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, when you think about what all that she has accomplished, not like as a woman and like, I, I'm, I'm enamored by what she was able to carve out for herself. And even just today in, in the media, like, yeah, like there's, there's all these amazing leaders like Elon Musk and others that m so many of us, you know, follow. But like, when I think about trailblazers and, and women, like I want to know people who, who went through their own personal struggle and, you know, took down these boundaries to do amazing things. And so like, I don't personally drink coffee, um, but whatever, whatever she's drinking, I'm, I'll, I'll be there with her to, to ask her a few questions and, and just, just to be able to soak it in. And I've listened to her, her podcast a few times and where she talks about her spirituality and like, I would just eat that stuff up. Mm. Such, this has just been a wonderful conversation. Thanks for kind of going overtime here with me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm and sure I, our listeners really, really appreciated this. I hope, uh, yeah, again, like if, if we can help others, it, it'll give us a warm feeling inside that we're, yeah, it's, it's great to talk about marketing and things like that. But if, if we can help people get more sleep and, and be better individuals and pursue their passions, like, and I think this hour has been a win. So thank you so much for having me, Jordan. Really yeah, appreciate the time. Totally. Where can people find out more about you? Um, most likely on, on LinkedIn, um, just Adam Brightigan and, you know, connect with me. I'd, I'd love to, to chat with you as long as you're not selling me anything right on LinkedIn, then I will be happy to <laughs> communicate. Like I'm, trust me, I'm a nobody. I'm just, I'm just out here hustling, trying to, uh, you know, disrupt this industry and, and make a name for Rome. So such a great conversation. Thank you so much for your time today. Awesome. Thank you, Jordan. We'll be in touch. Before we end, we just wanted to ask a couple of favors from you. If you enjoyed this podcast, can you please share it with your friends and leave us a rating, especially on Apple podcasts? That would really help. Also, we have an amazing new free resource for you guys. It's marketing calculators. It'll help you figure out what your break-even return on ad spend is and more. So go to mindfulmarketing.co slash marketing dash calculator to find out more. Have a great week.